Hello, Nathan here from the Journey Further podcast, a show all about learning from the people and businesses who are on a mission to do things differently. Today's guest is Aaron Shepherd, co-founder of GOAT. Go to an influencer marketing agency who've grown rapidly from three to over 120 people in just a few years. They work with many of the world's biggest brands and they're doing some of the most pioneering work in that space. As you'll learn from this conversation, much of that success is down to Aaron's vision, his passion, and deep, deep understanding of the modern marketing landscape. We talk about social media, influencer marketing, the agency model, and even a spot of politics towards the end. Let's get into it. Aaron, thank you so much for doing this. It's really nice to meet you. My pleasure. Good to be here. Uh, I just wanted to kick things off by asking you the question which we kick off all our discussions with, and that's, what's the wrong you want to write? Um, I think the major wrong I want to wrong I want to write is that clients, we're talking advertising, obviously. Um, I'd like to get rid of nuclear war and nuclear weapons. But I assume that's not the direction we're going. Um, I see that advertising agencies, particularly the large media agencies, have been pulling the wool over clients' eyes for a long time. Um, I don't think necessarily as a deliberate act. I think they've got themselves in a situation where they're tied to methods that no longer work and therefore they're, in order to protect themselves, sort of forced into that position. Um, I also believe that creative and media has been separated incorrectly and you know our mission of pushing those back together and always delivering um comes through social but it's really about that i i had a brand before we had an advertising agency used what felt like every agency going spending a lot of money and always always got under delivered over promised and under delivered so our big ethos from the beginning and still is is that we're just not going to do that we're going to we're going to underpromise and overdeliver. Um, there's lots of industries where everybody underpromises and overdelivers, and then there are some where it's the other way around. And advertising is one of those where everybody gets sort of eighty percent of what they thought they were going to get, um, and we just thought that was crazy. Um, so really, that that is what we we kick against. That has then formed into creative and media coming together, which I think is a critical part of it. But it's about value. And, and how do you think? the marketing and advertising industry has got to that point how how how's the industry let itself get to that point well, one step at a time it's it's the problem is that what's right now won't be right in 2 years time what's right 2 years ago is not right now and the world in the last 10 years because of the smartphone has has changed at you know i think a pretty unprecedented rates i mean it when you had tv as a new channel it took decades for that to become mainstream took decades for there to actually be tvs in every house and 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 everything else radio the same thing so you know most of these channels take a long time to form social and therefore influencers has been created in the last 10 years and you could say well they've created social networks but actually the creation of that is down to the smartphone we've put devices in people's hands that have fundamentally changed how they engage with the world the fact that people have smartphones then means that they have social, and if they have social, they're following people, so they influences them becomes an effective method. But all of this disruption has come through the smartphone. Um, the programmatic wave, the last one, I think people put everything they had into it, and 
it hasn't quite worked in the way that I think everybody thought it would. This sort of fake personalization. Um, the whole point of programmatic is to get a mass message to someone in as personalized a way as possible. But I think we all know it's not really personalized because getting two or three data points from someone of where they've been and stuff like that doesn't mean you know who they are to give them a personal message. Um, what social influencers has done is give people the actual ability to do personal messages and, and niche content to niche audiences because people live in communities on social. If you're a football fan, you will follow f other football fans and football accounts. If you're not, you won't. If you're into beauty and um, you know doing makeup designs and, and filming that, you're going to be in a community with other people that have got similar interests. So you actually get real authentic niche content and that is so much more powerful than the programmatic wave before that it's kind of made it redundant. So I think that is the biggest factor that people have, have really lumped into programmatic and the agency landscape is still dependent on TV to a large extent, right? All the major creative agencies rely on, on creating TV ads. Um, all of the major media agencies rely on buying TV ads for their clients. Um, there's certainly skill in making the TV ad. There's not a lot of skill in buying it. Um, yeah. But that's where, you know, 30, 40, 50% of some brands spend their money is on that with a, a message that's completely generalized to an audience. They have no idea who's seeing it. It's, uh, you know, all of that stuff is fine. And I'm not saying it's bad marketing, but none of it is as good as the personalized marketing that you can do on social so brands are moving to it and, and you, you touched there about data obviously and perhaps um we've become too obsessed in recent years of finding every single data point on everyone mm. so you can show someone the precise message at the precise time and the precise location and it's unachievable to a, to a large extent but then you speak about creative as well, and what's your what's your take on, I guess, from an influencer marketing perspective? Where do those two things meet? What's the perfect blend of data and creative when it comes to influencer marketing? Yeah, um, so there's two sides to it. From an influencer point of view, one of the lessons we learned very early on is not all influencers are created equal, and so three people that all have a hundred thousand followers that all get the same engagement rate, that all talk about the same thing. If you make an assumption that they will deliver you the same result at the bottom of the funnel, you're going to be very disappointed. Um, and so the data is key in the sense of, you know, we pride ourselves on using only the top 20% that can actually deliver. So I don't really care what their following is or their engagements. If we're trying to get, you know, um, consumers to a, a website, I want to know what the cost per click is likely to be on those influencers. And that really is the decision that we're making it on. Um, and then we want to know, well, of the last time they sent 10,000 clicks, how many actually bought and what was that for and everything else. So that data is really important. And, you know, it's a minefield out there. You know, we've used over 100,000 influencers. We're doing four to 5,000 posts a week. We've got incredibly rich data sets. So that's going much further than just sort of verifying that there's actual people following these people. It's verifying. Oh, well, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what? Well, so it, it, it's about actions. It's about we're only really interested when people do things, not influencers. We use influencers to get people to try and convince them to do things. But we're looking at... 
it might it, it might start with an engagement or tagging a brand or but likely it will go to a sale or to a change of perception for that brand whatever it may be these are we're trying to move people from one place to another and get them to act um if they don't act we haven't we haven't done our job um you know we're we're simple people we're not complicated advertising people that that you know for us we try and simplify everything um you know the creative and media being separate is just doesn't make any sense to me um as someone that's had their own brand and has you know run startups like you don't look at it as different you know the the creative is only as good as where it goes and vice versa so it, anything that you're doing socially you have to do the creative and the media together because if you're putting a social post out that is media even if it's from your brand account or it's from an influencer it's media but obviously what they say and how they say it is the creative so you know that we could put we we can use an influencer that we know works if we put two different creative messages out the out, the the outcome's completely different so if we start thinking about that without those two things linked together for us it just doesn't make any sense now there are reasons that the advertising world is set up in the way that it is and it's mainly because of the agencies that currently exist yeah. right we live in a world where what most big brands do is go to you know, a, a BBH or an AMV or somebody like that, some very good creative agencies. They'll give them a load of money to come up with one idea, one TV ad. They'll make that TV ad, you know, someone like John Lewis Christmas, that'd be seven million quid. And then they'll go and stick 30, 40 million into getting it out there, right? So now the creative people won't be thinking about the channels that it's going on necessarily. Some of their planners might, but they can't tell the creative people to change their creative accordingly. So really those things get done independently because it suits the agencies to do them independently. Yeah. It doesn't suit the client to do it separately. It suits the client to do it together to get the most out of it. But that's been very, very difficult to do. It's very difficult to do on, on most other platforms, to be honest, because you're not getting the feedback from the audience. Social, because of the na social in, in, in our minds is the only genuine two-way communication channel. Everything else from an advertising point of view is, is a broadcast channel. Whatever you put on TV, you might get 50 people say, oh, I didn't like that ad, but yeah. it's not really feedback. You put yeah. something on a billboard, unless someone scrolls on it, and you're not really going to get fed back to. Um, you know, they're going to go on your website and tell you about it. It's very unlikely. Whereas you put something out on social, if people don't like it, they'll tell you straight away. And if they do like it, they'll tell you straight away. So you actually get to understand whether it's any good very very quickly and is it the case that a lot of brands big and small are still just a bit scared of what social media really means and that they're, they're they're apprehensive to to really um to dive into something like influencer marketing i guess what 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 insights you kind of get from the sort of conversations you must be yeah. having with cmos and marketing directors trying to wrestle these budgets from the yeah i think they're getting past that to be honest more and more now i'm talking to cmos who in their minds have already decided that they have to change from this you know tv first and to be clear i'm not anti-tv i'm not anti any of these things i think social first is the way forward so i think brands should lead with social but of course you know somebody like an audi or somebody like that of course they should do tv ads you know of course they should do billboards but it doesn't mean that that should be the central point of their advertising strategy 
Um, sorry, I've forgotten the question now. Oh, what are they saying? So, no, I'm, I'm finding actually more and more that people are looking for an alternative. They just lack a little bit of understanding of what those alternatives are. Um, you know, and that, you know, people really do want an alternative to, to what they're doing with TV and what they're doing with their media agency. But these are huge amounts of money. The big brands, you know, they want someone to go and spend 75, 80 million quid with, 200 million pounds with, you know, it's, it's, they've been doing that with, with the same people for the last couple of years and it's relatively comfortable, even if it's, even if they've got declining results and they know it's not good for the long run. Well, it might be easier for that next year to keep doing that, yeah. to actually have the, to be brave enough to go, no, we're going to change this. Like, you're putting yourself out there. Um, so that I think is what holds people back. The lack of options out there. There aren't many agencies like us that are really pushing this and driving this. The vast majority of agencies are still in the old model. And, and I mean, 99.999% of them are still in the old model. So, you know, not every client can change to this right now because there aren't enough agencies to actually do it. So, you know, that is part of it as well. But I think, I think in two years' time, three years' time, we're going to see more than fifty percent of brands with social first strategies. Any ones that are doing it now are killing it compared to their competitors, and it's it's patently obvious. Yeah, they're um, so you know you see all of the fast fashion brands versus the high street. Now, yeah, they've got a different. You know they don't have the stores and all that's helpful, but look at how they do their marketing. Like it's just it's completely different, and they're flying, and the others aren't, and the others aren't really changing. Like they're still just doing. Well, let's shut a couple of stores. That's not going to do it. Like you, you just shut five percent of stores a year. You're going to go out of business. Like you need to change fifty, sixty percent of what you're doing to make this work. Um, because consumers have changed. The smartphone has changed your your consumer. So if you don't change you're going to get left behind. Yeah, no, you obviously touch on that old agency model there from a from a GOAT perspective. Obviously, you guys have grown really, really fast over the last few years. So specifically, what have you done with your model to try and counter those core problems which you hmm. identify? So we started, we started at the beginning really focused on the more the performance marketing side of it because it's it's much more binary so you know it's even you know we make some brilliant content but whether you think the content we make is better than someone else's is is subjective right so but if we deliver you a better cpa or a better cpc or you know then it's you know it's not really a conversation um so we started very much on on that um is we're just going to be the best delivery agency in the world and i and i believe we are um then we we deliver for clients and they go well that's great which so once we built the trust you know you go and get 50 grand from them and then that's 100 the next month because it's binary right i've you give me x i give you three y you're spending x somewhere else and only getting one y eventually all of that will move over to us because it's yeah it's just performance um so then we started to go up the funnel. We deliver a campaign that gets great results. What else can you do? And then we'd start to do the strategy. We'd start to do the creative around it. We'd start to to start advising them on their other channels. Um, then we started to do much more creative stunt sort of almost semi sort of PR branding side of things right. as well. Really just everything within social. Um, 
once you know four years ago when we said oh the best performance marketing is influencer marketing everyone went no it's absolute nonsense now people kind of accept that um now the thing that everyone hits us with yeah yeah but you can't do any brand building on social which is insane right it's just a channel you can build a brand on any channel it's about how you do it and we've proven time and time again we can build brands on social and other people can build brands on social so we've gone from being really a performance marketing agency that specializes in social and influencers to being a social first advertising agency and you know we've made tv ads for clients now there's social first ads that then go on tv yeah but you know we're, we're not a um where our suggestion is not go and give everything to influencers. It's social is the the key here. Influencers are the distribution mechanism that moves people around social, but you've got to have the right creative. But you can build brand. You can you can do all of this on social because it's where people live, and because you can do it in you know niche content to niche audiences in niche communities, it's a hell of a lot more effective because yeah. you're actually not wasting money building that brand, and you can build your brand in 20 different ways to 20 different consumer groups because there isn't a one-size-fits-all. Um, and, and this is a, one of the debates that's been sort of going around this year is this whole brand versus performance type thing. Where, mm. should, where should I be spending my money as a, as a marketing director? Should I be shoring things up in the short term and making sure we convert people down the funnel or should I be playing a long game and making sure people are still talking about me in three years' time? Yeah. But what your, your take is that influencer marketing works across the across the whole thing yeah it's just about what message you put down there right if we you know we break things into sort of awareness consideration acquisition fundamentally that you know influencers can do the awareness bit you know it's much softer and much more introductory they can certainly do the consideration bit and they can start talking about features and all these sorts of things and they can do the acquisition bit if they've got the right trackable links with the right offers in the right audience like you know, with paid thrown into it. We do a lot of influencer paid as well, which is obviously more on the acquisition side. Um, so, you know, you you can do all of this through through influencers and social, uh, just like you can do you can do pure brand TV ads, or you can go on QVC and do pure acquisition stuff. Right? It's you can do all of it on all of these channels. Yeah. The the reason everyone thinks brand is best for tv is because for the last 30 years that's what everyone who's in tv has been telling you right and it probably was true 15 years ago 10 years ago everybody watched tv all the time but do they now you know no some people do but they watch it a lot less than they used to if anyone's listening to this and has got kids between the age of 12 and 16 17 i don't need to tell them they know their kids aren't watching tv yeah um so are they going to be in five or 10 years time? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, now that doesn't mean, again, TV is just a type of screen. We've got a better screen, it fits in your hand now. Like that's, whether it's on that screen or on this one, I'd rather have the one that's attached to someone than the one that's attached to a wall personally. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, anybody that, that tells you that it's only this channel, it has to be this channel, it's because it's, it's all they've got to do. I think there are, my answer to everything is an influencer marketing, right? It's, for a lot of it, it is, but, but not for everything. I think my answer to everything is 
peer-to-peer recommendations is find a way to get someone to advocate for something because that's what humans make decisions based on right that the reason we're all told growing up don't listen to peer pressure is because you can't help it right yeah. we all listen to peer pressure so i believe in that now that might be an event somewhere where someone is telling you by the way around the corner there's a brilliant party right or it might be something that happens on social or it might you know but for us it's always about an authentic peer-to-peer recommendation from one ideally human to another and if you can do that at scale that's what generates the best results yeah and i guess when it comes to young people you kind of touched on it then and you've obviously built a team of very young people who actually know how to connect with um with those type of people where where do you see things i guess it's it's always hard to future gaze but where do you see things going in terms of how people will be buying in the future the, the, the kids who are 12 13 now um, fast forward five ten years where what do you kind of see that type of customer journey looking like and i guess you're also touching on it but where does goat then fit into that picture further down the line i think it's all going to change i think if we're still and what it's going to change into you just have to look at china to be honest because the the tech that they're working off now, their platforms they're working off, Weibo, WeChat, etc., all of them have full econ built in, almost beyond our comprehension. Like if, if I put an English version of that app in front of the average person in the street here, they would not have any comprehension of what this was. Like it's it's crazy. Um, and really it's it's WhatsApp, it's Facebook, it's Amazon, it's everything the sky built into one product um who's driving who's driving that innovation in that in that market where's that how, how have they got so far um this is where we are maybe i mean they're not they haven't got the same problems with ip laws right so they right, yeah. they can just sort of copy stuff and and you know they're, they're within three months of facebook launching launching there was a facebook in china it's not owned by facebook um so you know they're semi-governmental aren't they so they yeah. they've you know there's there's maybe ways and means but they're just ahead that they're, they're just their tech's better they're, they're they're just more advanced from a um a social and tech point of view their the facial recognition abilities throughout the whole country are again beyond anything that you can imagine so if you imagine once face recognition's everywhere like like Apple, like Apple Pay, all these, all these things are are meaningless, right? Because you don't need to press anything there. You walk into a shop in China, you just pick something up and walk out, and it gets paid for automatically. And you know, it would invalidate so much of the, so many other data. Oh, sources. so many other, so many other of these things will will get swallowed up by that. Basically, whatever whoever does that, maybe Facebook will do that, but. You know, they obviously own WhatsApp and Instagram, lots of other things anyway. So pushing those things together would create kind of that sort of thing. But that's the way the world's going, right? So it's still going to be off phones, I think. Now, will it be forever phones? No, at some point, the phone will disappear. And we'll be talking about retina displays, right? Like that's that's the reality. We might be talking about implants where that comes up. but. The fundamental tenant for us is always going to be to try and get peer-to-peer recommendations because that shouldn't change, right? Whether it was 10,000 years ago in a village, 
if one of those villagers went out and got stung by something, they'd come back to the village and be like, heads up, I got stung over there. And probably for the next 200 years, no one in that village will go near that area, right? That, that is yeah. the reality. Um, until one person wouldn't listen to that and you know, it, all, it, it would all start again. Hey there, if you're enjoying the show so far, you should really join the Journey Further Book Club. It's a growing community for ambitious marketers to learn from the brightest minds in our industry. Just go to journeyfurther.com and follow the link to sign up. Now back to Aaron. With that technology point and obviously the, the fear that some people have with a fast advancing technology is transparency and privacy and things like that. Uh, what's your kind of take on what? What's the most transparent way of doing influencer marketing at the moment? Like, what are the, um, I guess, what are the processes that you put in place to, I guess, convince your clients of the value you're delivering, like a traditional advertising agency would would do? Yeah. So we, and we from day one, uh, you know, that was a critical. Or maybe a traditional advertising agency wouldn't do. No. They'd, they'd, <laughs> well, the traditional ones might not, but certainly the media side yeah, would, yeah. right? So they're. You know, we understand what media agencies give to their clients. And so from day one, we knew if we're going to take budget from these people, we're going to have to be able to show our results in a very similar format to them. Because when we say, by the way, we'll give you three apples for the price of one, they're going to say they're not the same apples. So we have to be able to show them, no, 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 they are the same apples and you know, a lot of that will come from Facebook and the platforms, right? The the Facebook paid clients are running. We will show the influencer um, Facebook side of it in an identical way. So they will be able to compare apples and apples. Um, that, I think, is critical that, yeah. that you can do that. You can, because, you know, it isn't the same. When I say we beat someone on their cost per view, I don't just mean we've got a one second view, they've got a t- I mean, on 30 second views from an audience of 18 to 25 year old women in London and Madrid, Rome, Paris, and whatever, you know what I mean? We're talking about this all the same um, groupings and, and yeah. um, sort of um, consumer profiles that everybody, that an, a normal advertising agency is doing. Um, but we have a channel that delivers better value. So, you know, we can put it up against it and it would deliver better value, partly because we're a really good agency. But to be clear, mainly because influencer marketing is undervalued compared to all those other channels. Yeah. That also won't be the case forever, right? But, you know, this is this will level up. And if in three or four years' time we're doing the same thing that we're doing now, we'll be out of business. We're going to have to innovate and we do like uh, the advantage really of us is that we're doing is not that we've done 100,000 used 100,000 different people it's that we're doing 4 to 5,000 a week so you know algorithms change on social platforms every day without warning and we will get information quicker than anyone else which means we will act quicker than anyone else which means we can optimize quicker than anyone else and that that's why we're able to do the best results. Our yeah. next biggest competitor might be doing two or three hundred, you know, a week. So it's, they're, yeah, they're going to get data, but you know, it might not be as as rich as ours is because of the quantity. Um, 
So we've got to keep listening to that. We've got to keep optimizing. We're not tied to anything. We don't own or manage any any accounts. We never have. We never will. For that reason, I don't want to be tied to any right. of these platforms. Facebook goes down tomorrow. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. The the audience tomorrow will just be on it's an on, on on a different platform, yeah. and we're completely cross platform anyway. So. You know, one launches, we're straight into them to to try and start gathering data as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, so people, I think, will think, oh, you're an influencer agency. What are you doing sort of Instagram and Facebook? We're doing platforms you've never heard of, right? But it's, it doesn't matter to us. It's peer-to-peer recommendations, you know, at scale. And so if there's a, a more cost-effective new gaming platform where we can get a million people to see something, 100,000 of them act in a cheaper way than Twitch, we're going to move some of the budget from there to that new one right mixer um there'll be another six that get released this year four of them won't add value at all two of them will we'll just keep keep testing keep optimizing um but you know when the phone becomes not the device we need to make sure we're not tied to it and that we we are an advertising agency based on people rather than on on technology and when it comes to platforms then i wanted to ask you a bit about linkedin um I think it was how I came across your agency and probably how I'm sure lots of people are coming across your agency. Like, is the B2B world slowly catching up with the types of content that can they can actually use to sell? And Yeah, I'd, so we've had, we've probably had seven or eight clients but essentially buy the vlog from us as in, you know, for us to set that product up for them, all different industries. Um, I think it's, it's, Listen, the reason we did it, and we really didn't want to, right, from a, like, we we knew we had to do this for a couple of years and really held ourselves back. I don't want to put my reservations? I don't want to put myself on a pedestal like that. I don't want, you know, I've got no doubt some, some people watch that and think, who the fuck are these people, you know, which which I get. And we're certainly not trying to preach. We're trying to just show what's going on. And, and but, you know, I'm very... <laughs> I'm self-aware. I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I see other people doing that and think, oh, you know, so I get it. Um, now, it's probably not a real reason not to do it, but it is the reason that was stopping us from doing it. Right. Um, I believe that that websites will phase out and that a website being the portal of a company doesn't make a lot of sense when people are on social and you know so i think that will move to social i then think we're going to move away and we already are from um you know written sort of press releases and things like that to um so i think we've moved in the last couple of years from that to sort of high quality content but actually we live in a world full of bullshit and so authenticity cuts through that so much better than than you know any of the sort of fancy stuff you know our vlogs it's it's not about look how great we are like it's just about this is who we are and what we're doing and you can have a look so if we're going through an rfp process or a procurement process with a client to be honest i just say just go and watch the vlogs right you you by all means come in and do whatever you want to do but like go and watch them you'll get a pretty good idea of whether you want to work with us or not like it's too difficult to fake this we're we're putting six to eight minutes vlog out a day plus another maybe 10 minutes of content like we we haven't got the time this is is all live and and completely 
real. Um, and so I think clients feel like they know us before they know us. Um, people wanting to work here feel like they know us before they come in the door. Um, and I think that's a really powerful tool because it, it, it gives you trust straight away. And, you know, it's, it's, um, and I'm sure there are people that have watched it and thought, I don't want to work with those guys because well, that's a good I, thing I'm, as well, right? I'm sure that's happened. Yeah. Um, but the ones that do really do and they, you know, I, 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 they'll trust us more, which means they'll get better work. And like, it is a sort of self-fulfilling. You, you come to us genuinely open-minded, like we can do some amazing stuff. Like you come to us with a very closed brief and expect magic. Like we'll probably do better than anyone else, but like you won't get magic because you've given us a starting point that isn't, doesn't have a possibility of magic right so i think if you watch the vlog you're more likely to think yeah okay let's like i get it every day i get emails from ceos just being like sort of completely open-ended with just what do you think like any ideas like i can suggest anything um because they know there is sort of an element of trust that you know we're the guys that are going to come up with that that cool yeah. creative stuff Ultimately, it's like your your culture is probably what shines through the most in through that vlog. Yeah. How how would you, I guess, what 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 work have you done? How much focus have you placed on developing the cu culture at Goat? And I guess how would you describe it? Um, we haven't we we care enormously about the people that are here. Um, more than anything else, right? If if we've we've got a client who's being really really difficult like i'll get rid of the client before i get rid of the, the someone that works here right if, if that person's great and i know they're great like so people's people's everything we can't do this without them um you know there's three of us that started this 130 of us now um we're only you know the fastest growing agency in europe and all these other things because of those people right the three of us you know can't contribute that much anymore like it's it's we're reliant on everyone else so having a culture of people that really take opportunities that go above and beyond that run through brick walls that don't have preconceived ideas of what's possible um you know with there's probably only five four or five people in our entire business that have worked at other agencies um deliberately because they all believe they know where the limits of possibility are right they, they've seen something happen for 20 years or for five, five years whatever it is being told oh no we always do it like this we always do it like this whereas we haven't really been around long enough for that so yeah there are things that we know that are better but a lot of the time even if we know it we'll start with a blank piece of paper just to make sure that we don't lose our innovation the second we start giving people um you know my, my i've got a uh, nearly four-year-old and a nearly two-year-old and my phoenix my oldest is constantly doing coloring in right and so i give the example like he'll have a snowman that's that's drawn out and i feel like what people think creativity is is giving someone that snowman and seeing how they color it right and then going oh i wasn't really i was hoping for something else well you shouldn't have given them bloody snowman whereas what we try to do when all po you know whenever possible is give someone that blank piece of paper so that they come up with whatever they want, right? And then afterwards, if we want to push them towards a the snowman, then we'll push them towards a snowman. But I always want to give them the blank piece of paper first. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's the only way that we stop ourselves from going extinct like, you know, the, the others around us. I, I, and to be clear, like, I think the advertising agency in general is not great, and, but it's full of great people. I just think a lot of those people are stuck in structures that really limit them. You know, for a, an industry that prides itself on creativity and, you know, there's none that I see. Like, really is none. Like, so you have a period where every TV ad is a, you know, is one that has nothing to do with the product and is really heartfelt and emotional. Well, there's, there's nothing ingenious about that. Like, it's, it's, I don't get it. Like, it's, again, yeah. you've got, you've already drawn the, the snowman, right? And they're just coloring it in. Like, so when someone actually goes and breaks that and does something completely different, the best ad I've seen recently is, is done by, uh, I'm pretty sure it's done by Uncommon. Um, it's the Chili's ad. I don't know if you've seen it. Right, I don't think watch I've it. Seen it is. I watched it last night and I burst into hysterics and I watched the ad again. I do not remember ever doing that, and it's just completely insane. So different to everything else. I've that seen I see. that Instagram stuff, but that's just like direct. It's a product, product-based stuff. Um, this is not product-based, right. but it's just that. It's so mad, right? And it's, I feel like we've lost the madness in, in, in advertising. Advertising should be filled of crazy people, people that are completely off the walls, right? Like walking around in spacesuits and doing other weird stuff, but it isn't. It's, it's full of people that think that's what it is, but actually they're very cookie cutter, you know? And, and the ECD might be different to the average person, but all the ECDs are the same, you know what I mean? So the output's the same because they're all the same now i'm not saying they're normal so those ecds are brilliant but when everybody has the same type of person the output is going to be the same that's interesting i we did an event with rory sutherland a few months ago and he's obviously he's obsessed with the sort of behavioral psychology but he's obsessed with trying to get the point across it's like the opposite of what you think is a good idea is probably also a good if not even better idea yeah um and as you're talking about is the ways of how you try and encourage that type of creativity and also that type of bravery mm-hmm. i guess in people um i, guess well, I mean i i think the bravery should be you know the bravery i think is an age thing that we have um but it's also our our attitude like people talk to me all the time you know someone said to me on a podcast the other day are oh, but what do you do with serious brands I thought, what the fuck's a serious brand? Like, what are you talking about? It's a, it's a brand. No one gives a shit. Like, nobody cares. People care about themselves. Find a way to make that relevant to that person. Tell a story that actually touches them, that then gets them to act because of it. Like, that's it. I don't care if you're a bank. That doesn't mean you have to be serious. It, it's, you know, maybe a funeral director. Like, maybe that's it. Like, yeah. but like, even you go have an operation, you want the surgeon to crack a joke. Like you actually, you might not think that you don't want a comedian, but everybody wants, you know, it's just life. Everybody breaks it up. Nothing's that serious. You know, I'm constantly telling people here, it's not life and death. Like it's, it's just advertising. Like, yeah. I don't, like, what's the mistake that we make? You know, it isn't that 10,000 people die. It's that, you know, some brand manager somewhere might go, Oh, wasn't sure about that. Okay. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, it'll be fine. Like, it's, it's you know, uh, all of the, the 
these stunts that people do like the, the the tesla one right i don't know if that's the tesla cybertruck oh, one yeah. they, where they yeah. broke the glass maybe that's real and i'm sure there was someone there panicking someone someone serious going yeah but like the glass broke you know and, and we we're tesla that can't happen that you know, like the glass amazing, broke yeah. but yeah. nobody gives a shit like it's it got everybody looking at it now i'm not saying any publicity's good publicity either but people just brands in general and people i think take themselves too seriously and you know that like it's the old i'm sure everyone i'm sure people in advertising hear this all the time um but the number of brands that have said to me betting brands who have said so we we're thinking we want to be like paddy power not quite that far but you know close to paddy power you can't be close to Paddy Power. You either are willing to do that and cross the line or you're not. But if you're not, you'll never be like Paddy Power, right? It's that you either are willing to jump over that and take a risk or you're not. And people want to take the risk, but they don't really want to a lot of the time because of fear of things. And I think the fear is, is too great. Um, yeah. You know, I think, it doesn't really matter what brands think of themselves, in my opinion. Um, it only matters what consumers do. And the number of brand books I see and read and think this is just this is just not the truth at all. And I'm not doing it from an advertiser. I'm just as a consumer. I've been in that shop. I know that brand. Like this is not what I or anybody else thinks about you. So, starting point for me would be: what do people actually think about us? And then, fine. What do we want to change that to? But it doesn't seem to work like that. It seems to be, this is who we are, and then let's make sure that everyone says that. And we just keep hammering that into people until they believe it. But there's too much information out there now. You know, it, you know, brands saying, oh, I'm not sure we'll go on social. Okay, but all of your consumers will. And if they had a bad experience, they're going to go and talk about it. And the fact that whether you're on social or not doesn't make any difference. Right? That's where they're going to do. People want to stay in a hotel now. They're going to go on Instagram, not TripAdvisor. They're going to go on Instagram. They're going to look at what other people are actually posting in that hotel. Because I don't trust the photos the hotel put up because they all look great. But we've all been in stayed places that don't look anything like the photos. So my assumption is people don't have any reason to do that. So if I go and see a thousand photos from individuals who are all putting stuff up that looks great my belief in that is infinitely higher than if the brand's done it because i assume the brand's done it on the best day of the year when they've just had a clean whereas people don't have a, an incentive to do that yeah and i guess on that trust point trying to trying to segue here but um we're recording this on the eve of the general election yes. by the time it's out they, uh, the election will be all done, but I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on social media and politics at the moment and I guess your take on what impact it's having, how healthy that is, the, the, the positives, the negatives. Um, I don't think it's being... It's, I mean, it, it'll be used in this election, has been used in this election a lot more than any other. We're not, for clarity, we're not involved in any political party um, or, or working for them um, out of choice at this point. Um, yeah. Mainly because there's not really a great option. Um, 
if there was and we really stood behind someone collectively and i think we'd really like i'm i'm certain we could get someone elected i mean the opportunity for politicians or political parties to use your type of marketing yeah. techniques is huge yeah they're not they're still using the traditional guys who are then you know doing some shit right like yeah. it's there's a lot of stuff going on, on youtube particularly from the conservatives it's like it just doesn't make any sense to me um but anyway neither neither here nor there i think yeah. it's an incredibly powerful tool i think we're going to see uh the next generation of politicians who truly understand social like somebody is going to get elected prime minister out of nowhere who actually understands how to build an audience and and do this properly um, because none of the others do and they haven't brought the right people in to do it yet so the first time someone that does know how to do it comes in they will win for sure um because it's just so open i'm i got hit yesterday i'm not going to say who i'm voting for um but i got hit i actually i said to my brother oh god i'm just not even sure like i just can't even because like, I don't even want to vote for the person I'm going to vote for. Yeah. And so I said, oh, I might not bother. And I got hit by an ad on Facebook yesterday from the opposing party telling me it's going to be really close. So we need you. And it's had the exact opposite effect. Than right. they, I am now going to go and vote, but against the people that have paid to get me to do it because they don't understand who I am. They're, they're using general data information on the borough I live in and things like that, which like, it doesn't mean anything. No. So you could understand which way I was going to go if you actually looked at it, but they haven't. So it's a very unpersonalized message. And that is where we are still, right? Facebook ads, even generic ones, going to work a lot better than TV. Um, but when they actually understand how to get into um, personalized niche peer-to-peer -peer content, like they're going to kill it. Um, it's more suited to a liberal left-leaning party than a right one because the community of influencers and talent is obviously going to be well. much more yeah. yeah left because of the age. So, you know, it'd be pretty difficult to go and get people to advocate for the conservatives, to be honest. A hell of a lot easier to go and get them to to do it for, for Labour or Lib Dems or whoever else. The Greens probably the easiest. Um, but I don't think people have even seen what's possible yet um, because there's still very few people really in this space doing that with, with these guys. They're still doing it through the old traditional channels. Yeah. Um, but I have no doubt what's... I mean, Donald Trump won the election i think certainly in part because of that because of a very smart um facebook strategy um but hillary ran the same strategy right to be clear just they they were doing all the same things they just didn't do it as well and there's evidence to say i think barack obama's strategy was the first so, kind of example yeah, of it and exactly. Trump built on that yeah 100 percent. you know cordless and corbyn's been doing stuff with grime mcs for the last three or four years it's and he's absolutely right to be doing it um that is what he should be doing he should be speaking to that community yeah um but there are again for me they're still just scratching the top of that you know i don't 
I don't think they're going to cut through in the way that they think they are There's because they're still do. they're still doing it in a traditional format you know what i mean it's still all they're doing is replacing the person asking the question with someone from that community what they actually need to do is change the style of it you know make that something that you know someone that actually lives in east london and is 19 to 23 make it something that's actually relevant for them and it is not a one-on-one -on -one interview with a rapper asking jeremy Corbyn like that isn't actually going to do it there are other ways to do it which i'm not going to go through but yeah. um you know so it's it's started but it's you know this is because the ability to actually hit people in a niche way is possible now so we're not far off probably I know we're there. Yeah. We're there. We're not just far off from politic, poli yeah. political marketing catching up. Yeah. The what it will need is something new, I think, because just in general in politics, right? I think there's definitely an opportunity in the UK. We can see that, but you know, Trump's shown it in the US, um, and then you look at Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. It's another sort of new thing. I think the 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 next general election somebody will win it out of nowhere and they'll win it by doing something like this yeah so just to wrap up it's been a really interesting um conversation three quick fire questions they're the same for for everybody um firstly what did you used to believe that you no longer believe in cool um I think probably that I could, I I don't know if it's like what I used to believe, but it's my acceptance that I can't have everything, I think is something, I, I maybe used to think I could, or I could have, you know, I could have a sort of a selection of it. I think doing what we do, people often ask, you know, what do you give up? And it's different for everyone, but the but the answer is you've got to give something up. Um, and so to do anything significant, any agency owners looking to, to grow their business, thinking, how do we do it? It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like you got to give stuff. You just got to give stuff. Um, I've done that with friendships and, you know, I, I don't spend as much time as I'd want to with my wife and kids. And at times I probably don't spend as much time at work, right? Sometimes that's the thing I sacrifice, but there's always a sacrifice, um, so maybe that 10 years ago, I probably didn't understand what was actually needed. Um, and that's not to try and put people off. It's just to understand that there are sacrifices. Um, doesn't mean I'm happily married, got two great kids. It doesn't mean you can't have lots of things. Yeah. But I haven't, you know, I used to go to every Chelsea game and used to, you know, I haven't been to, I haven't watched a football game, to be honest, in the last like four years since my, you know, every weekend is just with the kids. So it's, you're always going to have to give something up. Yeah. Nice. Um, if this wasn't your mission, what would be? Um, I guess I would have found something else I believed was broken and I'd be trying to fix it. Um, that would have to be something that I felt a group of people had got control or power on. I've got no interest in trying to break up people just you know you see a market trader doing well i've got no interest in going trying to get involved or break that like but i see you know i i think before i i i did go i had a thought about the 
the banking system. I think the banking system is completely broken. Um, and I think the likes of Starling and, and Monzo and Revolut and these guys are, are a part of the solution for that. But I think it's much more broken than just, you know, here, yeah. have a card without, you know what I mean? I think it's, there are fundamental issues with the entire banking system that a new way of doing it, whether that's through blockchain or, or, or other methods, but there must be a better way of doing that. And yes, somebody will make a lot of money when they do that, but they'll also make, you know, it better for humanity, right? There's yeah. just like, it's, it's a lot of people suffer because of those banks. Um, there's, so, a be- there's a bedrock there, which is much bigger than people probably yeah yeah very i mean i mean they they went out of business and got bailed out so how difficult is it to break that up well i mean maybe impossible because they lost trillions and we gave it back to them so i mean if that doesn't show you it's a broken model then i don't know what is but you know there are just so you know as an entrepreneur trying to get credit or anything like this an absolute nightmare i get treated like i'm homeless because I'm a shareholder <laughs> like right. it's 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 all it, it's just it's very one size fits all and it all suits the bank and not not ever the consumer or anybody trying to sort of take entrepreneurial risk whatever it may be I think there's a there's a better system to come there so that would probably be a I also think pharmaceutically in in the US and other places that that's a complete mess and again that's another industry I think should be broken up where you've got a handful of anywhere you've got a handful of people and it's always people right not businesses someone owns the business ultimately yeah even if they're public list you still got major shareholders somebody has an interest in why they will charge a thousand dollars for that drug rather than a hundred dollars or whatever and anything like that i think creates a big opportunity in our industry there are four big holding groups right so you've you've you know that you're a problem they buy you and then you're not a problem. So they get to keep their sort of, well, we'll set the price, you know, we'll yeah, sort yeah. this out, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, so anything, anything where you've got, a, a, there are very few monopolies nowadays, but there are a lot of, of collectives of, of people or companies at the top that make it very difficult for everyone in the market. Any opportunity to break that, I think is a great thing. Cool. And uh, finally, if you could recommend uh, one book for members of the Journey Further Book Club to read, what would I would be? recommend watching our vlog. <laughs> Obviously, very good answer. Um, yeah, I'm one because I'd like you to watch the vlog, um, but two because I don't really read. I listen to a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, but I'll be honest, I don't really remember them. It's sort of I'm. I try and be as present as possible in these things. So I, I take the things I need to, but I don't, you know, I don't think anyone should look to anyone else for the answers to their life, to be honest. I think most of it's inside. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, you know, I'm sure there are some good ones. It depends what you're doing. Maybe one I would recommend actually, but completely separately from business is the, no, just be cause business. I was on a podcast the other day, with a guy who's absolutely raving about it, but is the Alan Carr books. Have you heard of that? Right, okay, he's no. a, he's an addiction specialist. So if anyone's trying to give up smoking or anything like that, I would strongly suggest you go and read that. My brother did that and gave up and I was with two guys that also did the same thing. They had him on the podcast. So that one. Okay, cool. Thank you. But the vlog, obviously. Okay. <laughs>
Aaron, it's been uh, been a pleasure speaking to you. So much interesting stuff there. And yeah, just thanks for thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found that valuable. It was a real pleasure speaking with Aaron, someone with a really clear mission and so much enthusiasm and detailed knowledge to back it up. If you want to find out more about GOAT, as Aaron says, go and check them out on LinkedIn, watch their vlog, and you'll get a really good feel for how they work. To stay up to date with the Journey Further podcast, please hit subscribe. And if you could leave us a rating or review in your podcast app, we would really appreciate it. And as I mentioned earlier, please do join the Journey Further book club. This is a community designed for time-pressured marketers where we read the best business books, share bite-sized insight from each chapter and host fantastic events with the authors. It's completely free to join. Just go to journeyfurther.com and follow the link. And finally, if you want to get in touch, if you have any suggestions about who we should get on the show or you just want to send us a message, it's podcast at journeyfurther.com. See you soon.